This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mercy Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Thomas, joined by the ever-lovely Melanie Wise and Brooke Kells. Ever-lovely. Ever-lovely. I just want to see how we keep... They they are. It's it's true. Um, (laughs) And bringing all of the credentials and help and just... it's, It's been such a enlightening series, I think, I don't know about for you guys, but for me, for sure, learning some of this stuff and, um, I mean, I know... Brooke isn't learning any of this stuff, but Brooke <laughs> like, has nothing to I mean, learn. I know that. Brooke, you have nothing to. Oh my sorry. gosh, that did not. So it's not framed true. very well. She learns us, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, but it's been so helpful. And if you haven't, if you have not had a chance. Um, to hear what we're talking about this month. We're talking about shame. And the book that we are uh, resourcing most of this from is The Soul of Shame, Retelling the Stories We Tell Ourselves by Dr. Kurt Thompson. I can't recommend it highly enough. It does a deep dive and it is very brainy in the sense that it does talk a lot about neuroscience and how our brains work, but it's very interesting. And so if you can hang in there through that, I think you will find, if you decide to go grab a copy for yourself, um, absolutely worth your time. I can vouch for your endorsement of this book because yes. like, as you were reading it, I remember multiple days, she would just walk by my office and she'd be like, this book, oh, oh my word, oh my word, that's changing my life. It is. And then I'm like, great. Yes, good. It, it is. is. Like multiple times you did yeah. that. So. And blowing my mind because it's, it ta- I mean... I love to read. I'm more of an auditory learner, which we've mm-hmm. talked about that. So I actually had to go and look up several, you know, forums and talks that he did on the book to hear him talk about these mm-hmm. things. But so helpful. And today I'm really excited. Today is probably my favorite part of this conversation because we've talked about shame, what it is, how it works in our mind. And then we've talked about kind of how we're storytellers and we tell ourselves these things by what we pay attention to and then we start believing that whether it's true or not Um, but what we're going to dive into today is talking about how we also serve another great storyteller the greatest storyteller there is and he has an intention um, for what he wants to speak over our lives and we're going to be looking at shame but also the biblical narrative um, how shame plays out in the bible and then what god wants to say and Mm -hmm. speak to that so it's gonna be good yeah, and we've really done. I mean, honestly, you said if you go get the, just go get the book. Just do I mean, just yeah, I, I just think it's it's worth it. You you need it not only for yourself, but just for experiencing mm. other people and supporting sure. other people. Um, but you know, we've kind of done the legwork a little bit mm-hmm. on digging into you know what shame is and what it's trying to accomplish. Um, and I think that you know realizing that shame is not this abstract thing out there, but right. that it's you know it's intentional. It affects us physically. Um, you know, there's measurable differences in the brain. There's you know the mm-hmm. way that we view everything, the way that we see the world. So in knowing that it's, you know, not this abstract thing, and that can seem really overwhelming, right? I mean, it's it's a bit sobering. You're like, oh, it's like actually changing my mm. brain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the really good news here is that we already know um, who's won. You know, mm, we already yeah. know like who we can listen to and who we can trust yeah. in telling us who we are. Right. And we know how to combat the shame. The Lord has, you know, shared um, that with us. And mm-hmm. there was a reason he did, because he knew this is what we would struggle with. Um, and, and, you know, 
as we combat shame, we live fuller, more creative, bold, mercy filled lives. Mm -hmm. And as you know, I said last time, it's not just, you know, accepting Jesus and getting to heaven. Like there's this whole gap in between that Mm -hmm. is meant to be healed and whole. Mm -hmm, You know, we, mm -hmm. we obviously won't be perfect till the other side, but that's why he gave us the tools to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and really just, I think a big piece of it too, that we've unpacked is that shame is really about questioning the character of God, questioning Mm -hmm. who we are, who we are to him. Um, and knowing that the enemy is going to target those beliefs. And then the more, you know, you have a choice, right? We said, are you going to choose life or are you going to choose death? The more you follow the enemy down that road of, of aligning with these beliefs, the more your brain is going to shift, the easier it's going to be to believe those things. Mm. But the other way is the more that you, you know, align yourself with the way the Lord thinks, the way, uh, letting him tear up those old narratives, you know, then the quicker you're going to be to follow that, to be positive, to be optimistic, not delusional, right? But to believe good, to experience good, to assume that good is coming to you, right? So, yeah. I don't know why as you you were talking, I was like seeing or remembering that um, scene from, I don't know how many of you have seen the movie The Help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But when, oh man, now I'm going to forget, but it was one of the like nannies or uh-huh. one of the helps, yeah. I guess, was speaking into that little girl. Yes. Like yeah. she said every day, like you yes. is kind, yes. you is smart, you yes. is important. You is And like what person would watch that scene and not like oh. weep, you know, oh, because gosh, that's yeah. not the narrative we tell ourselves. That's right. That's never like that's right. never our default typically with ourselves. Yeah. Right. We beat ourselves up. We're the hardest on ourselves. We tell ourselves very untrue things. Um, and I don't know why that just like I was thinking about that and how that struck a deep chord with people it did. because that's not the narratives that we are telling ourselves every yeah. day. Yeah. The enemy has really gotten his hand in there and has has given us completely different stories. And even just thinking about, you know, as you were just saying like the enemy gets in and makes us doubt like God doubt his character, doubt his nature, doubt his story for us, doubt who we are. Like doubt is such a big player in this. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that probably everybody can relate to at some level. And it's not really that, you know, I mean, the enemy was the enemy in the story of Adam and Eve, but like he used doubt to get at God's kids, you know? And he's like, "Mm." and so actually we're just going to read that little passage from Genesis three. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to do a paraphrase of this because yeah, do the Melanie know, version. Of no, the it's not going to be the, I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm actually okay. going to do a paraphrase. Oh, okay. Okay. Dang <laughs> Cause it. I'm like, you know, I can, <laughs> I can give it a shot. Um, but, <laughs> and then he said, and then it was like, what? Um, but yeah, I just think sometimes, you know, you read these passages, you're like, Oh yeah, I've heard that story a million times. Like, give me something fresh here, sure. you know? Um, but, when you look at Genesis 3, it talks about how the serpent was the most clever animal. You know, like mm-hmm. he says he's the shrewdest. I don't really use that word, but Shrewd. he was clever. And he said to the woman, do I understand that God told you this? Like, did God really say that you couldn't eat from any tree in the garden? And she's like, yeah, that's what he said. Okay, I, this is becoming the middle. It is. It's really great. I'm, I'm hanging on every word. It's, it's fun. Continue. Let's do that's, it. exactly, that's exactly okay. great. Um, but yeah, it's that tree over there. We can't. We can't eat from it. That's what he said. Don't touch it, or you're gonna die. Okay, and then <laughs> <laughs> so the enemy literally the serpent tells 
her like, nah, you're not going to die. You should do it. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, this is actually and kind of voice. fun doing this. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but God, like he says, hey, if you do that, God knows what's going to happen. If you eat that, he, that you are going to be like him and you're going to see what's really true and what's really going on. Mm-hmm. You're going to be just like God. You're going to know everything. You're going to know good from evil, all of that if you eat. And he knows that. That's yeah. why I said, don't do it because he doesn't want that. And so that's when the woman is like, wait, what? Hmm, maybe, I don't know, that could be true, you know? And so that's literally how the enemy interjected doubt. Like, mm-hmm. well, God said this, and this is who I know God to be, you know? Yeah. Um, and the enemy's like, no, I don't think that's right. And and so he just, like, that's exactly what he used was doubt. Yeah. And that got her asking those questions. And then she's like, maybe that is right. And what I mentioned this in our last show, but like, isn't it so interesting that she didn't take those questions to God. Mm-hmm. She didn't go, um, excuse me, God, this guy just said this. <laughs> right. Yes. Is God, that he right? just said this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He said, um, she didn't do that. She just took it and let it, you know, like we've been talking a lot about like what we let our minds dwell on. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I have this picture of Eve just sitting there and like, just letting that like circulate in her brain. And yeah. she's like, wait a minute, you know? Yeah. And she never actually went back to the source yeah. to say, this is, this is what he said. Is that actually true? And mm-hmm. just, I don't know. I just feel like that's such a picture of how we so often look at ourselves, look at our lives, look at God, look at our stories we allow these outside influences, people around us, the people who raised us, the yeah. enemy, we let them inform those things. And we never actually go back to the source and be like, this is what they're saying. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Like, that's just such a picture of what we do. Yeah. That's really yeah. good. No, Drew, that's so good. And one thing I think was interesting in the book as well is that Thompson points out how the enemy used shame to attack our vulnerability with the father. Yeah. And then he goes on to list that sh- that vulnerability is actually the antidote to shame. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't track with it at first because I was like, that sounds like a really huge statement. And it also sounds like not what I would think of as the antidote to shame. It's mm-hmm. like confidence is the antidote to shame or, you yeah. know, like boldness or I don't know. It just mm-hmm. wasn't what I had thought. But, um, the journey that he takes us on in there is pointing out that Adam and Eve, when they realized what had happened, what was the first thing that came over them? They realized that they were naked. They had Mm -hmm. shame Mm -hmm. for being naked. So when they listened to that, they decided to eat, you know, from the tree. Um, They, they realized that they had no clothes on and we kind of skip over that and (laughs) Sunday school chuckle about it. You know, it's like the the flannel boards have like fig leaves already over, you know, all the parts and stuff. Uh, But I think what was really great about this book was the way he actually dove into that because I never thought there was really any significance there. Yeah, You know, it's like, oh yeah, they realized they had no clothes Um, and why that mattered. Um, Because what, when they did this, they were covering the most exposed parts of themselves, something that they had never hid before um, because there was perfect connection, communion, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. honesty, and vulnerability with God. Um, Whereas shame causes us, like Brooke said, to hide, to hide from God and those around us too. Vulnerability involves being known, being Mm -hmm. fully known. Mm -hmm. And this is where God's mysterious and beautiful plan begins to unfold and, and where I guess I'd never really seen the connection before in that God came to us in his vulnerability. Like mm-hmm. he came as a baby, exposed, mm-hmm. naked, totally helpless. I mean, mm-hmm. you think of what's the most helpless creature 
on earth it's a baby. Like you have to do everything. Amen. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. He can't do anything for himself. No. Yeah. Bless. But they're so cute. Um, and, and, you know, in suffering rejection, you even think about like puberty and the other aspects of just being a human, the fact that he would endure that and, and even shame on the cross. And we'll get more into that. Um, God's narrative is that he loved, loves us so much that he would do what we couldn't do for ourselves, that he would be vulnerable first, Mm. that he would love us first, like it says in first John four. And that just struck me as so incredibly, uh, I don't know, mind blowing, life changing that yes, being known vulnerable is the opposite of shame. Mm-hmm. It's saying, I, I, I trust you and know that you, I'm safe with you, that, that you love me completely and wholly as I am. And I don't have to hide. Uh, and I just think that's so incredible that Jesus would be the one to set that example. For yeah. Us. And I, it's weird because I've never thought about, I don't, I don't know. I don't think about that a lot. I don't think yeah. about God being vulnerable because yeah. I think there even is always this just like underlying maybe cultural message that there's a weakness that comes with vulnerability mm. yeah. because it's like exposing weakness. Like vulnerability must only mean that you're just exposing weakness, you know? And so like there's a so much strength and vulnerability and like, I just, you don't usually equate those two things. Right. Um, yeah. and so like vulnerability is for like mansy pansy, like, yeah, you know, people. And so to think that God chose vulnerability through coming as a baby yeah. and yeah like you said we're going to talk later about the cross and just like he's not weak yeah he's like yeah. he's not weak yes. um and so just to think about the strength that i imagine you know when i think of god mm-hmm. when i think of jesus when i think of the strength that there was vulnerability yeah in that and that that wasn't a sign of weakness it yeah. was a sign of strength like That's i don't good, know Looking about possibly starting a program for guys, the biblical principles and everything that you hear um, in this presentation can be used in a male program and and figure out how you're going to do that. We would love to train you and and tell you more about that. So feel free to go online and and see or give us a call and ask for our director of outreach and we'll get you started on that. Because most of us associate vulnerability with humiliation yeah. or embarrassment or yeah because even when we say like okay I'm going to be vulnerable here yeah. and like share something that's kind of and you of already are hanging your head tough. a little bit yeah. yeah and so but that's not that's not the vulnerability we're talking about and I think yeah. we have to remember the Lord did everything before he asked us to do it mm-hmm. and so you know he's not asking us to do anything he has not done um, at a really intense level mm. I think you know but vulnerability is honestly the idea of being fully known Mm -hmm. right with all the good the bad and the ugly because if if someone says like can you be vulnerable and your first thought is like oh i don't like that Mm -hmm. right that's rooted in shame Mm -hmm. and so you know if there is humiliation or embarrassment or gosh if people like vulnerability means they need to know every terrible thing about me you know then that's something to kind of process because what the lord wants is you to be vulnerable in the sense of let me fully know you but Mm -hmm. he also says i have been vulnerable and i'm allowing you to fully know me. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important to consider that. Like he's saying, be open to how I love you. Mm -hmm. Be open to having a relationship with me. You know, let me come in and redeem those places. Um, And so, you know, he came to restore 
that connection that was lost when sin entered the world. And, you know, back to the Melanie version of the Bible, <laughs> what the enemy said was, you know, because we was like, oh, this was God said. And he was like, oh, that's not what's going to happen. It's because God's thinking this. She let him tell her what God was thinking, yep. which you tied into. We let everyone else tell us what God is thinking. If I had a terrible dad, I can't mm-hmm. consider someone else being a father or what that's mm-hmm. like. And how many people, you know, come into our homes or that we meet, you know, just in life that they're like, this is what I think about God because of my experience with someone else and how often mm-hmm. we don't go, well, have you asked him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, have no, you no. talked to him about that? That's have right. you, have you considered researching who he says he is versus what everyone else that's says he right. is? And you can't, you know, get away from experiencing the Lord through others. That's why he said, Hey, be the hands and feet and don't be awful people, please. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a big piece of that mm-hmm. that impacts, you know, that's why, you know, we want to show the love of Christ to other people. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we're never going to get that right. And we have to be willing to go back, you know, and, and, you know, even on that same note, he didn't just say like, uh, to Adam and Eve, like, what are you doing with those thick fig leaves and those are terrible (laughs) like get those off and like be more ashamed you know he didn't expose them if you will further right he said hey I'm gonna make you Mm -hmm. something better Mm -hmm. to cover it because you invited this in Uh and there are consequences for your actions because I told you what was gonna happen Mm -hmm. you chose not to trust there's consequences for your actions but in that I am going to cover you at an even higher level than you could cover yourself I'm going to give you more than you deserve frankly Right. And so, you know, um, I mean, the first sacrifice for man's choices was just a beautiful foreshadowing of what he would ultimately do to cover all of us. And that's what he did. He's like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to take all of this that you did. Yeah. And I got it covered. Right. And at some level that someone that's willing to do that, Mm -hmm. right. A God that's willing to do that is worth being considered that maybe he knows how to be good to people better Mm -hmm. than we know how to be good to ourselves or other people. Yeah. And so it's worth exploring. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know when you said, yeah. When you said, I'm going to make a better covering for you. Yeah. I mean, he speaks the better word, right? Mm -hmm. Like it says in scripture that his work does, does what we can't do for ourselves. And we made mention of this earlier about Jesus being vulnerable on the cross, but I want to kind of hit on that for just a second. Cause I was telling Melanie and Brooke before we recorded, um, that that hit me in a fresh way because of what Thompson does in the book. And he, what he does is he basically brings up the fact that when we see the cross, most of the time it is with Jesus hanging there, some blood dripping down the crown, and then usually a loincloth. But the practice at the time with Roman execution was not to stay covered. Mm -hmm. In fact, most of the time it was, you were stripped naked and you were completely exposed because it was, it was intended to be humiliating. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was like the worst way to die, but it was also incredibly shame filled. And Mm so he actually points out that there's no reason to not think that this wouldn't have been true for Jesus as well. Like a lot of it has just been that it feels so uh, wrong, I guess, mm-hmm. to that he would, I mean, it's God, like got to cover him up, you know, yeah. and I, I, you know, that's another conversation, but I think that speaks to something in us that like, oh my goodness, the Lord would love us so much. He would come and he would be serious enough about shame to basically be the most vulnerable, mm-hmm. to be the one that's like, I'm going to, you can't do this. I'm going to carry the weight. I'm going to love you first. And 
that just broke something in me because I think of all of the things I'm trying to hide from him in my life that I am ashamed of, that I don't want him to see or know, and he already knows, mm-hmm. um, but that he would come and in his in his nakedness, truly, like he would show that he knows exactly like what it what it's like to be mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. That he knows exactly like I'm saying like a lot, and I'm not intending to. It's not the favorite <laughs> word. Besides practical, um, but that he is intentionally showing us he knows what it is to be human. Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. I just that broke me in a new way. That yes, he came as a baby naked, but he also hung there, completely mm-hmm, humiliated, mm-hmm. despised for what. I had gone through and what I had done. And so um, I don't know if that encourages you today, but I hope as we continue this conversation about vulnerability, that that gives you a new sense of what Brooke was saying about God's heart for you, about Mm -hmm. his goodness towards you, that the Mm -hmm. enemy would like you to think that you have to hide and run your shame from him because he hates you and his heart is not for you, but actually his heart is so much for you Mm -hmm. that he would be willing to be exposed. Not like what Mel said, not that there's a weakness in him, yeah. but that he would come and choose to take on that humiliation for yeah. us. Yeah. Well, yeah. and one of my favorite things that um, we've mentioned a few times that Leslie, uh, one of our counselors in their Monroe home, uh, she's done a deep dive in this book and in this topic. And I loved when, uh, she was kind of looking at some of the things we were going to share today. She was looking at that story yeah. and she said, what about also how scripture talks about how not only did he break mm. the power yes. of shame yes. in his vulnerability, but it says in scripture that he put the enemy to shame mm-hmm. yeah. in doing that. And I was like, Oh yes, that is a double yeah. burn. It is a double burn. <laughs> like that's yes. awesome. I just yes. loved, I loved how she brought that that in as well um so okay as always it's like great good information so what what? yeah um so a couple things one you know when we're talking about vulnerability in our relationships with other people i think there's something to be said about we're not saying go um you know start a podcast and share every bit of your life. I mean, I guess if that's what you want to do, do it, but maybe don't. Okay. Just don't do it. I mean, don't, we're not saying you got to be vulnerable a few people beforehand. Email us. It's <laughs> not to give them your personal email address, but, um, like we're not saying be vulnerable with the whole world as far as like, you know, share the deepest places of you with all people. There's something to be said, about knowing safe people. Yeah, for and sure. Knowing yes. who is it safe for me to be vulnerable with and be fully known by. Yeah. Um, and that's not everybody. And we no. did a whole series on Cloud and Townsend's book, Safe People, yeah, which is what we use in the um, homes with mm-hmm. our girls. Like, it's very important to be able to identify safe people. Yes. And John Townsend yeah. has a new book. Yeah, I saw him and made him talk to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, but it's called People Fuel, and um, and Cloud has a new one too called The Power of the Other. And so I recommend reading Safe People oh, first, gosh. and then going into those other yeah. two. We're just building your Man. reading list, guys. It's a library, what, right? Yeah, here. but they but they're both. I mean, you know, so you know John Townsend. He's going to be my friend one yep. day. Um, double names, and uh, but yeah, but it's People Fuel is incredible, and I just started um, The Power of the Other. Because mm. I got to hear Cloud speak as well. Yeah, it's really good. It's mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, so, so yeah, it's yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, we're talking about being fully known and allowing yourself to be mm-hmm. fully known, but also being very uh, wise sure. just in who you let into those places of your life. But you got to let some people into those places yeah. of your life. 
Okay, one more thing yeah. on this note. I want to be clear because if you feel compelled to go tell everybody who are not safe people mm. all of the things that you have done, that is not vulnerability. Yeah. That is inviting a level of punishment. Mm. I think you really need to consider. Now, there may be people the Lord is like, you need to go be honest, you know, about some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of this idea of, of, you know, purging or confessing or, do, you know, really pray through what that is, because sure. I've seen a lot of people, they kind of get some freedom and then they think they have to go tell everybody everything, you know, they've mm-hmm. ever done or yeah. this awful thing. And you really need to consider, are you being called to do that? Or are you sure. actually trying to get, because what we're used to doing is being in shame. Mm-hmm. And so, right. Being free and staying free or different Mm -hmm. (laughs) and staying in the discipline of being healthy. And so that's just a side note. I've seen that happen quite often Mm -hmm. that then you kind of want to go, you don't realize that you're kind of trying to put your place, put yourself back in that place of shame. So Mm -hmm. if people respond to what you share with them, pretty terribly, which they may, cause yeah. they're not safe people, you sure. know, then it's like, Oh, I should feel bad mm-hmm. about it. Right. And it just, just kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's just a, something I've seen. I want to throw out there. Yeah. Well, so. and I mean, another piece of vulnerability as far as just interpersonally or just in your daily life is also being aware and truly inviting the Lord into this place. Yeah. How am I just on a daily basis hiding the real me, like yeah. that's part of being fully known yep. is like what, you know, as cliche as it sounds, like what masks am I putting on every day? What parts mm-hmm. of me am I, do I feel shame over? Therefore, I just try to hide it from the world around me. Yeah. And so, man, that's a journey. I'm like, I think I'll probably be on till the day I die of like sure. allowing the true me, <laughs> it, good and bad, um, to be seen yeah. by the world. Yeah. Like, so there, there's a huge part that that plays. But the last thing I would say, and this would kind of get into our practical application for this week, is really, as we've discussed today, first of all, identifying has the, has the enemy or has the world around me like influenced or informed what I think about God mm-hmm. and his character and who he is. Yeah. And so that's that might be the first thing to look at and to address first. Um, but if I truly believe God is good, God is for me, God has a good story for me, God is trustworthy, then mm-hmm. I can yeah. be vulnerable yeah. with the Father. That's good. Now, as you said, he already knows all the stuff, okay? Sure. So it's not like you're going to hide something from him. He does indeed know all right. the things, even the things that you don't know about yourself. He knows. So it's not a matter of it being for him. It's for you and your freedom. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, we did a series not too long ago about anger at God. And like, that was a big journey I went on of like, I'm so embarrassed that I feel this way. Right. I feel like God would be really like disappointed in me, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm just going to pretend like this is not there. I'm not angry. I'm good. <laughs> We're good. I'm so, I'm going through suffering and I'm praising Jesus all the way. Mm-hmm. No, I'm angry. Like the true, honest, real, raw me was angry at God. Right. And I had to be vulnerable with him and let him into every part of me. And it wasn't because he didn't know it. Right. It was because I needed to be free. Yeah. And I was never going to be free if I kept holding on to that and not letting him into that place. And yeah. so I'm kind of laughing because, you know, I just thinking about the Enneagram podcast you guys did with Hunter and talking about oh, yeah. those that are good with conflict, right? Mm-hmm. The numbers that are good with it yeah. and the ones that aren't. I was just thinking the Lord is not conflict averse. Yeah. He's a hard eight. I'm yeah. just going to go. He's I'm just eight. like the Lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying like, he's not like he's, yeah. you know, and as a parent, I think you're just, I, I've started mm-hmm. to understand that if Liam just comes and goes, this is where I'm at. I'm like, great. I can do something with that, you know, yeah. but he's yes. not conflict averse. He's not like, Oh, you feel that way? Like I got to think about how I feel about that you know he's just let's do this you know and just wants to heal and pour in he's just waiting to be good to you you know but I just think sometimes we kind of put whatever 
you know, persona we believe that he has. And mm-hmm. so anyway, and you saying that, I was mm-hmm. like, because, you know, I'm a person that if someone came is like, I'm really mad at you. I'm like, awesome. Uh, what's, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like what happened? You know, because yeah. then I know you're being honest. Yeah. Right. And there's a level that because then we can do something with that. Right. Right. And so anyway. And there's um, so, yeah, with that, with that being said, I remember someone actually saying to me, if you are not honest with him, if you are not vulnerable with him, I don't know if someone told me this or I feel like I maybe just heard this from him. Like, if yeah. you don't let this out, yeah. there will forever be a wedge between right. you and me yeah, because yeah. you never let me into what yeah. was really happening. Right. And I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. I can't let that happen. Like, like yeah. I, I can't let that happen. Yeah. And so um, I, my practical application challenge to you from this from this episode is just to really ask the Lord to reveal um, if there are any areas of my life right now that I am trying to hide from you or that I'm yeah. embarrassed by or that I've got right. shame over and I just don't want to bring it up to yeah. you. I don't want to talk to you about it. Um, and really invite him into that because he's just so good and ready and willing to go there with you and he's not going to embarrass you and he's not going to humiliate you. There's so much connection and intimacy waiting Mm -hmm. to be, waiting to be experienced in that place. So, um, yeah, that's the practical takeaway. Who guys. Okay. Well, we have one more episode in this series on shame. Um, that we're, I'm, I'm really excited about the last one that we're going to be, we're going to be talking about just redeeming shame within our nurturing communities. Really excited about that. I feel like it's going to really bring this whole thing kind of full circle. So we hope that you will join us next week. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a non-profit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.